Well, consumer, that is a very interesting term, consumer, consumer literacy, because um, we, we all want to be, to be literate. We all want to make intelligent choices. And as, as consumers, there's a large element of trust there. Mm-hmm. Um, fits into my philosophy of the whole world is built on trust because we just don't know. Just, you know, you buy the car, you don't know where the parts were made, blah, blah, blah. It's a whole yeah. thing of trust, right? And, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we yeah, should... It's quite a hard topic because as we spoke before about, uh, about uh, literacy and critical thinking, there are decision-making process and it's quite hard to, to interfere. Um, this this decision making process. So, yeah. Well, not not only is there bias, which is uh, which is very important to rec- recognize. Um, uh, I mean, we don't. You, you can't breathe without having some kind of bias. We've we've got to acknowledge that. And then there's there's yeah. basically like forty different principal biases that yeah, people yeah, go through yeah. each day uh, in their in yes. their life, whether it's a confirmation bias or historical bias or just different forms of cognitive yeah, bias. Yeah, yeah. And and there's there's not much logic in the randomness of what happens around about. If you if, yeah. If, yeah, there is a certain level of logic. And then at the same time you can look at look at things and go, well that makes no sense at all. Right. So um um people's choices are not always the most practical way to develop not always the most most logical logical step step to make and until we have this quality of thinking which is what my 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 business email masterclass series is mm-hmm. about it's all about quality of thought mm-hmm. that if we want things to be better we we need processes to understand what um uh, n- how not to make certain kinds of mistakes, and then we all know what to do. But doing it, something completely yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you really shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I have to. I know, but but I have to, or I'm just feeling a little bit weak today, or you know. Just, uh, Did you read the book Dangerous to Be? Dangerousy or something like that from Skinner. Um, I'm not sure that I've read much of his original writing, but when uh-huh. I was looking at behaviorism and uh, yeah. how schools were founded, yeah, uh, there were very strong links to it because the the families of the behaviorists are all integrated. And this mm-hmm. is the, uh, Skinner, Watson, uh, mm-hmm. the people who founded the first universities and schools, uh, Freud, uh, Edward Bernays, they're, they're, it's a big web of, uh, of, of, of a network of people who were studying human behavior in order to, I think it had 
it, let's say it was for the greater good, right? It was in order to improve society as a whole. Um, but as with everything, when the person dies, the work kind of dies with them because it then gets taken on by other people who have other agendas. If you look at it in terms of, in my experience with this is the experience of private schools. Many private schools are built by individuals, but when that individual dies, the school tends to go slowly go downhill. Look at Apple after Steve Jobs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the, um, the the company tends to lose momentum as the yeah, they lose vision. The, the belief is the belief is gone. The, uh, the the energy is missing. The 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 mission is unclear. Um, there's a lot of doubt in people's minds. Yeah. And 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 so, um, yeah, the companies lose a lot in that kind of kind of situation. I mean, the the behaviorists have so much control over so many parts of society it's it, it's unbelievable and they you know they sort of grew to become gods in their own minds because they mm -hmm. pretty much thought they could control everything that they did I mean um, there was um, who did the, the timing experiments Danny yeah there was one behaviorist who it was, he's considered one of the gods and gurus of business management of the 20th century. So his work was between about 1900 and 1920. And I can't remember his name right now, it'll come to me. But what he did was he, he measured work efficiency with stopwatches, with timing. He went into factories and he timed how long it took people to do certain activities. And then he he broke everything down into how you into all its little compartmental movements yeah. to see how you could do the same activity faster. Mm -hmm. And these principles then overtook uh, corporate agendas in the 20th century as efficiency became extremely important and it got to the point his, his work was taken to an extreme by comp companies like Nike in the 1980s mm -hmm. where what they would do was they would measure Nike measured employee efficiency in its factories down to less than a thousandth of a second each person's activity was measured to see if down to a thousandth of a second they were performing efficiently. Mm -hmm. A thousandth of a second, right? And if they could improve that, then they called it improvements in efficiency and quality. Mm -hmm. uh, and what, what it was just basically the, the micromanagement of people. Um, and it was, uh, it, it got crazy because people's, they, they were less focusing on do, do people feel good? Are they okay? And more on, is the company being efficient? And that's what led to the so-called sweat factories in, in different countries where where people were overworked and, and, and underpaid. I'm trying to remember the... the wait, I'll, I'll find it. It's, um, it's annoying me because I wrote articles on this guy. Uh... Was it John B. Was it John B. Watson? Frederick Winslow Taylor. There we go.
Frederick Winslow Taylor. Now, Taylor. Frederick Winslow Taylor. Okay, I will check some literature. Okay, and um, but w what happens with um, with all of these people when you go when you look really closely at the behaviorists? Um, what you begin to realize is that they all have very strong psychopathic tendencies. Yeah, of course, they want to control everything. It's, it's quite obvious, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them also, um, it's interesting, a lot of them also don't have children that they take care of or look after. They, they, oh, they had children, but they never saw their kids, right? Mm. Or, or they didn't have children at all. Um, yeah, if you look at uh, if you look into their literature and their their writing, they 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 always start with how can we improve things, and they always end by by taking things too far and sort of making a yeah. a, 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 a general a general a general mess of uh, of everything. Anyway, uh, so Frederick Taylor did uh, the original stopwatch experiments for for measuring uh, efficiency, which were then picked up by companies who, who who integrated those ideas. And then you get to see lots of different mathematical equations for efficiency. And uh, they, 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 they got it wrong. And this stuff wasn't corrected until the mid 80s or early 90s when companies started to function in a more open way and the classic example of this is uh, open plan office systems where um, well we, we, which is also another element of behaviorism because everyone can see what everybody is doing so so yeah. there's everything there's, has pros and cons yeah yeah ab ab absolutely absolutely um, so uh, so yeah but when things became a little bit more open People could, people could understand what each other were doing a, a little bit more, and uh, and then things things began to flow for for companies a little bit easier. And you can see the you can see the more advanced companies have adopted all of these principles. You, you know, you know when you walk into a, a business, when you walk into an office, when you walk into you know if things are working or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can tell that I've walked into I've walked into offices where there's bottles of Slivovica on the desks, and I've walked into offices where everything is open plan, every wall is made of glass, and um, um, every yeah, but always in these places, the environment between colleagues can be quite disturbing, maybe, or yeah. No, well, people get on people's nerves. It's unavoidable. Right? Yeah, it's unavoidable. It, it, it's always best to. It, it's never a good idea to, to to bury your feelings about about things. It's always good to put them out in the open because eventually they always come to the surface. So um, yeah. So that you know that's something to think about. Another thing to think about in terms of groups, and I was um. I was talking about this with a group of teenagers that I work with. And um, it's called the lowest common denominator theory. And um, 
what it is is that the gr any group of people, doesn't matter whether you're a group of people in an office or a group of friends or family or whatever, every group of people is always pulled down or pulled back or hindered, there's another there's a good word, Hin to hinder is to stop people doing things, is hindered by the weakest person in the group. And, mm -hmm. and you can you you can argue about you know everybody has different strengths and stuff and whatever but 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 generally there's a you know there's always a person at the bottom of the class right there's yeah. there's there's always the weakest person in the group and you see this in terms of teams that are very motivated teams that are highly motivated drop the weakest people right they're just like I'm sorry you're not good enough you see it in sport all the time right you, you can't sorry there's better people you know you're out and if you if you don't do that with those people, if you don't filter those people out, your whole team, your whole group is dragged down. And um, I was talking about it with, with, with teenagers in terms of going out with friends and drinking. Right? And your your life then becomes the sum of the average of the people in the group. So we, we did this we did this thing where my, my friend but most of my friends, my, my students, I think of them as friends as well, but my, my students were saying, yeah, we go out with our friends, and it's like it's Christmas, so there's parties and stuff, and we were talking about alcohol, and like, okay, you know, do you drink a lot? No, we don't drink much. It's, okay, so imagine this. There's five friends, and they all go out together, and one of them likes to drink two beers when they go out. One of them likes to drink four, one likes to drink six, one likes to drink eight, and one likes to drink ten. Right, because you know people have different levels, personal yeah. levels. Yeah. So you're here, but you conform to the average. Well, in in a good group, you conform to the average of the group, which means you can't escape without drinking four or five beers, going over your limit and being dragged down by the rest of the group. The group itself can't escape the fact there's somebody in the the group who drinks ten beers and will be pulled down to his level eventually, or that person will pull everyone down to their level, so you can't escape. So you have to be really careful, because even if you, yourself, can handle things, and you yourself have a, low, have, have, have a, have a lower level of this negative, negative habit, you will be pulled by other people in other directions. It's unavoidable. And you have to be really, really careful, because the group wants you to conform to the group. And that means losing your your, your individuality in, in in a sense. So so yes, go out. Yes, yes, have fun. Yes, be with friends, but mm -hmm. at the same time, be careful because mm -hmm. remember who you are, what you can do, and what's the right or safe level for you, and who other people are as well. And 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 just just be aware of it. Don't be afraid to say. And don't be afraid to walk away from it, right? Don't don't feel that you just that you have to be there because the group is everything. It's like, it's because like, you're you, you're gonna lose, right? You can't win this battle. You're gonna lose unless you walk away at the right time. So so I was talking about it with them. The power of the group is 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 uh, people forget how powerful that is. Yeah. And in terms of behaviorism, once again, people conform to. Uh, People conform to what is nor the normal. Excuse me for one second. One second. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay?